Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope everybody's doing good. I know I am. We got a great show for you. I have a special guest that will join me later on the show. It's Jenny Fisher. She's been on the show before. This will be her third appearance. We're going to preview that conference championship between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. So I've got a pretty good lineup of guests. I had Rob Frazier on the show on Monday. Jenny Fisher is going to join the show shortly. And tomorrow, making his third appearance on the show, is Gabe Reynolds. Now, this is going to be the first time that we're going to be talking since the 49ers-Cowboys game. He is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm very interested to see how he is going to react with the 49ers in the NFC Championship. But you don't want to miss it. He's a great guest, and he brings the hot sports takes. I see Gabe as a rising star in the podcast industry. But first, we have some local sports that we got to talk about. We have some coaching moves in the NFL. Columbus State men and women's basketball team took one on the chin last night. And Ben Roethlisberger calls it quits from the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, so last night at the Lumpkin Center, both the Cougars and Lady Cougars dropped heartbreaking contestants to Georgia Southwestern University out of America's Georgia, kind of like a rival in the Peach Belt Conference. The Lady Cougars played first at the Lumpkin Center and lost 74-64. to They're now 10-9 and on the season and 3-6 and in the Peach Belt. The Columbus Cougars fell in overtime despite Haskins 14 points and seven blocks they lost to Georgia Southwest University 70 to 67 in overtime and Columbus State is now 13 and 5 on the season and 5 and 4 in the Peach Belt both the Cougars and Lady Cougars will take on Georgia College this weekend at the Lumpkin Center and tip off for the Lady Cougars is at 1:30 and as always you can listen to the games on 88.5 WCUZ. It's a Saturday. There's no football games. That's a perfect time to come down to the Lumpkin Center and see some Cougars and Lady Cougars basketball. We have a big high school basketball game this Friday night. We have Russell County taking on Smith Station. Russell County is now 11-11 on the season. As I got two more games I'm going to call, I'm very happy that I get to call the game on Monday against Northside. Because Northside is a 5A school out of Columbus. So anytime you get a school from Columbus taking on a school from Alabama, there's bragging rights. So I'm looking forward to that. Plus, I know somebody that goes to Northside. So there's some bragging rights right there now that I'm a member of the Russell County team. We did have some coaching moves in the NFL that broke today. Colts defensive coordinator Matt Uberfluss has agreed to become the Chicago Bears head coach. Now, this does not make any sense, especially when you have a young quarterback like Justin Fields who needs an offensive mind. And they had Matt Nagy. 
And Matt Nagy could not make it work with Justin Fields, but he had a winning record with Mitchell Trubisky. And then Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett has agreed to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Does this mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver? It's still not confirmed, but the Jacksonville Jaguars did offer their head coaching position to Tampa Bay offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. If he takes the job, this makes sense. Leftwich used to play quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars in their glory days when Tom Coughlin was their head coach, and the Jaguars had stability. It seems like ever since Tom Coughlin and Jack Del Rio left as the two head coaches for the Jaguars, they have not had stability. In fact, they've had chaos. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know Doug Marone got them to an AFC championship and they were nicknamed Saxonville, but they need to get some stability. And I think Byron Leftwich would be a good choice. So Ben Roethlisberger calls it quits. The Steelers quarterback, longtime Steelers quarterback that was in that incredible 2004 NFL draft. What is his legacy? I mean, clearly the second best quarterback behind Terry Bradshaw in Steelers history. He's got two Super Bowl rings. He went to three Super Bowls. What was impressive was his rookie season, he led the Pittsburgh Steelers to a 15-1 and record. I know that they were carried by the defense in the running game. He had two head coaches, Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin. Ben Roethlisberger always had stability, and that is what's good. Even though the turmoil lost Antonio Brown, lost Le'Veon Bell, he just had a lot of issues with the divas on the team, and he may have regressed a little bit toward the end of his career, but all he does is win. And the Steelers had a shot, and the Steelers would have got into the playoffs if the Chargers were able to beat the Raiders. But Ben Roethlisberger is clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback. But what is he going to do life after football? Is he going to go into broadcasting? Is he going to go into coaching? Not too sure. Uh, We do know that Sean Payton is going to go into broadcasting, despite the rumors that he's going to agree to take the Dallas Cowboys head coaching position. I highly doubt it. Dan Quinn is staying put in Dallas as he will continue being the defensive coordinator. And that's the right move. Dallas's defense improved once Dan Quinn took over as the defensive coordinator. Last night in the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks picked up their fifth straight victory by defeating the Sacramento Kings 121-104. to The Atlanta Hawks are 22-25 and on the season, and they are a game and a half behind the Washington Wizards for the 10th seed in the NBA playoffs. 5-2 and two since the Cam Reddish trade. Anyeka Okongru, he could end up getting most improved player of the year. He had 18 points when he came back from that injury. He's been a different player. Bogdan Boganovich coming back from the injury as well. If the Hawks peak at the right time and they get all their pieces They're going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, especially with Brooklyn losing again. Kevin Durant's going to be out for a while. I think that Chicago and Miami, they're they're not tested yet in the playoffs. The Hawks at least have been tested, and they've gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Trey Young had a bad game. He He only scored 17 points. And the Atlanta Hawks will be tested this Friday as they will take on the Boston Celtics. Then on Sunday, the biggest game this year at State Farm Arena, they're taking on LeBron and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers will have a healthy Anthony Davis. The Hawks usually have problems with the Lakers, even in Atlanta. But that's going to be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to seeing that. 
College basketball last night, Tennessee beat Florida 78-71. to LSU beats Texas A&M 70-64. I don't know why Georgia Tech I don't know why Georgia Tech the other night was playing Clayton State. What in the world? All right, Saturday, the big college basketball games. We only really only have one that's a big ranked, two big ranked teams going up at each other, Kentucky and Kansas. Everybody else, nobody's really ranked. You got Michigan and Michigan State. You got LSU, TCU, Duke, Louisville. Hey, Louisville just fired their coach. Mack is out as the Louisville head coach. That just goes to show, very important to get the right head coach. All right, with that being said, I think it's time that we take a break. And when we come back, I will have Jenny Fisher on the show. Stick around. Welcome back to the show. This is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, and I am your host, Richard Holdridge, back and better than ever. On the show is no stranger to the sports beat. A guest that needs no introduction. She was one of my first guests in the early days of the sports beat, almost two years ago, and back for the third time. It's been over a year and a half. Last time we did a show was in the summer of 2020. We had a pandemic. But Jenny Fisher has agreed to be back on the show just in time for the NFC Championship game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Los Angeles Rams. Jenny, it's great having you back. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I didn't realize it had been so long, but well done, done on the show. It looks like you're making some making some waves out there. And Oh, I couldn't be more excited about being on this show today with one of our longest rivalries. Super excited, and thank you for always having me. Such a blast. Absolutely. For many of you that don't know, Jenny Fisher is a lifelong San Francisco 49ers fan, lifelong San Francisco Giants fan, pretty much everything Bay Area. Our first podcast we did together was a dedication towards Bay Area sports and what they accomplished in the last decade. I got to tell you, Jenny, what the 49ers have done, I'm not talking about making it to the NFC Championship game two times in the last three years. What about five times in the last 11 years, the three straight years with Jim Harbaugh, and then they had to rebuild 2015, Jim Tom Sula, let's not get started. 2016, Chip Kelly, disaster. When Kyle Shanahan was named the head coach, I had optimism for the 2017 season, especially when they got Jimmy Garoppolo in a trade and Jimmy G went 5-0 and as a starter. I had high hopes for the 2018 season. He gets injured. Yep. Yeah, that, oh, was a, that was a tough one. Okay, so Jimmy G tears his ACL in 2018 season, but I felt like they got a gift by getting Nick Bosa. And then that was the final piece. They made it to the Super Bowl in 19. They had injuries in 20. And they're back in the NFC Championship game. Jenny, your thoughts on the accomplishment that Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers have made in the last three years? Hey, not only am I excited about this, I'm always excited when we go into postseason. But what's so great about this is um, how, you know, the people are always on the fence with Jimmy G. They like him. They don't like him. They like him. They don't like him. Here's the, This guy's stuck with the team. 
He's gone out. He works his butt off. And when he is in the zone, he can get things done. And so I'm really excited. I think this is his postseason, and I'd really like him to work with his receivers and just stay synced together because if we can get through that first half, I think it's going to be smooth sailing from there. Let's talk about this game between the Los Angeles Rams, a rematch of the 1989 NFC Championship game, yeah. which I actually I watched on video highlights. The Rams took the 3 nothing lead, and then Jim Everett, don't call him Chris, okay? But Jim Everett, Jim Everett, with the plan play action, throws the sure touchdown to Flipper Anderson. And out of nowhere, your guy, Ronnie Lott, breaks up That's the pass. That's my boo. <laughs> yeah. Breaks up the pass, saves the touchdown. It would have been 10 nothing. Who knows what the outcome would have been. The Rams clearly played the 49ers very close in the regular season, beat them in candlestick, and then the 49ers beat him on Monday night, came back from, I can't remember what the deficit was, but I remember John Taylor had two 90-yard touchdowns in that game. It was a Monday night and football that was, game. Right, and that was the start of the dynasty, the, the, the original football dynasty, when you have all of those OGs out there. You know, and so th- yeah. that, that game was the start when everybody woke up and said, yep, here we go. And, wow, that was a great, great decade. And who could forget Larry Roberts and Charles Haley on the pass rush. And Jim Everett, here in Ghosts, just decides to go down. Jim, good to have you on the show. Good to be here, Jim. Thank you. Check that. Chris Everett, good to have you on the show. You know what? You know, you've been calling me that for about the last five years. About two years, actually, Chris. Well, hey, you know what? Let Let me say one thing. In that game, how many sacks did I have that we came back and won? How many sacks did yeah, you have? Yeah, how many games? How many sacks? See, but this was back in 1989. Okay, so was you, may, you may have even been Jim Everett back there, but somewhere along the way, Jim, you ceased being Jim and you became Chris. Well, let me tell you a little secret. That, you know, we're sitting here right now, and if you guys want to take a station break, you can. But if you call me Chris Everett to my face one more time... I already did you it better, twice. You better... If you call one more time, we better st- take a station break. Well, it's a five-minute segment. Our five-segment show. we got a long way to go. Well, we do. we got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out of well, you before. Well, it's good to be here with you, though. Well, it's good you to know, see you, too. Because you've been talking like this behind my back for a long but time. But now I said it right here. Right. Exactly. Well, we got no problems, well, I think then. It, I think that you, you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris? And that's why Jim Rohn made fun of him and called him Chris. <laughs> is that when is that when he yeah, when he just like said, Oh, they're coming after me, I'm gonna lay down? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm scared. That's totally a Jenny move. <laughs> Don't hit well, me. <laughs> the turning point in that game though, 49ers were up fourteen to three. Two minutes to go, Joe Montana had had the ball. And marches down the field to score a touchdown to make it 21 to 3. It was ball game. 49ers kicked three field goals, and, and they were. That defense in that NFC Championship game was incredible. Tim McHire. You remember Tim McHire? He had an interception. Uh, you, had, you had ballers on that team, not just Ronnie Lott. You had Eric Wright. You had Tim McHire. You had. That's what uh, I'm saying. Like, Michael they were the Carter. original. Like, they were. I mean, they, you had just never seen a team meld so well um and then all through the 90s i mean that's what they just were amazing and they set the bar so high for all of football and i'm, I'm not trying to be biased but i believe oh, the I am. you know i am <laughs> the 1989 49ers 
are the greatest team of all time. Thank you. I think now, we said I'm, that without not, saying it. <laughs> but I'm not saying – now let's talk about George Seifert because his first two years, 14-2, and two, he is the greatest coach to have given a Cadillac and the keys to that Cadillac and told not to crash it. Yeah. I mean, well, think about – when you always talk about – when you go back and start talking about um, uh, the coaching, you know, you Bill look Walsh. at um, – Walsh, exactly. You're, you're talking about when well, now we got Shanahan, and I'm gonna say once we have a strong guy or gal, maybe in the future, in our leadership position, uh, they the Niner team relies on that, relies on that so heavily. It's such a key role, especially when it comes to the San Francisco franchise, because when we have a strong coach, we have an even stronger team, and you've seen that you've, when we've had poor coaching. We've got poor teams. And and so when you yeah, you look at Seifert, Walsh, uh, we got Shanahan. These are the guys that like we rely on. Uh and and when you see the relationship between our quarterbacks and their their coaches, it's so dominant and it's so it's visceral. And Can't so I make Harbaugh I, I, either. Harbaugh. Oh gosh. I I apologize. That's another great one. So Exactly. All right. So I've heard this rumor that the, the Rams the Rams are scared because they know the 49ers nation takes over stadiums. I, I remember a game in Jacksonville where there was 80% 49er fans in the, when they played the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. Week 18, it was practically 70% 49ers. Ticket sales are favoring the 49ers. We're looking like – I'm not sure if it's going to be a home field advantage – but it might be 50-50 fans. I mean, have you heard the same thing? That so the 49ers I have, are going to take I over? I have heard rumblings, and I've got a few, a few notes on this. So, one, here's the thing. The Rams left California 20 years-ish. So they don't they have a left fan base. The, yeah, they left their fan base. And so, shame on you, in 20 years, that's, that's too long, right? So that's one thing they have going against them. The second thing is that um, – it is so close that people in San Francisco, people in Central Valley, and, you know, the Niners have been there so long. They own California. They own the whole state. They own it. Right? Yes. So they're going to be – people are going to pop up in San Diego and say, hey, my team's gone. I'm going to go up there and watch, you know, the football team that's been there the longest. Now, I wish they were still in San Francisco proper. That's a whole nother podcast. But they've been there. They've been there since they came in 1950. And so, I mean, it's going to be a red wave. And I, I would be surprised if it weren't. Now, you're from Modesto, right? Correct. That's Central California, closer to is Central that closer Valley. To San Francisco? Yeah, it's about two hours inland from San Francisco. Because you you got to bear more with cows, me. I, more cows, less wine. I haven't visited California since 2012. I haven't lived in California since 2005. So you got to bear with me. You know, with my geography, but I, I but pretty I mean, much but know. But look at that. But that, that says it right there. Like, once you have your team and you're from, you know, once you're a Niners fan, you're a Niners fan for life. People are, they're not wishy-washy, you know, it's and it's it's the same thing. So, and the last time I lived in California was, what, 2017? And I'll probably never move back there, but I'm always going to be a Niners fan. How, how great is this? This rivalry between San Francisco and L.A. runs deeper than the professional teams. You saw the San Francisco Giants took the oh, Los Angeles God. Dodgers to five games in the NLDS, 
And I, I honestly think, like, Logan Webb was dominant in that game five. I know that Doral had a rough outing, and that check – don't get me started on that check swing. That was clearly not a strike. But the Giants wore the Dodgers out where they had nothing left when they took on the Braves in the NLCS, thanks to yeah, the Giants. Yeah, right, they ran out of gas. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing, is that when it comes to uh, California sports, it's always it, – when it's California sports, some of the best rivalries in sports are on the West Coast simply because Northern California is always trying to fight, outsmart, outwin Southern California. And it's great because those of us from the North love to give a hard time to those in the South. I got a brother-in-law, and he and I can talk Dodgers, Giants all day long, and it usually ends up in a big fight at the end of the night. (laughs) But it's great. It's good, clean fun. All right, so let's talk about this game. The Rams are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite, and rightfully so. They've had the better team. History does not look good for the 49ers because this is their third straight road playoff game. You remember when they were on the road in 2013 and they lost to Seattle in that NFC Championship and, you know, Richard Sherman tip and everything that caused the 49ers to tailspin out of control for the next four years. Anyway, that's either here or there. But the 49ers are back in the NFC Championship, and I know – they're playing on the road. I know the last time they were in a C championship, they were playing uh, at home. Playing on the road with an asterisk, okay? <laughs> Let's leave an oh, asterisk. Oh, yeah. It's, for, it's a 45-minute flight down to L.A. This is that's probably what the I'm perfect saying. scenario. You're talking one of the richest states. People have money. They want to burn it on their sports. They're going to burn it. So, asterisk by home home game because they're still oh, at yeah, home. Yeah, SoFi has been nicknamed Levi South. Huh? I love that. I've never heard that. That's fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I get on I get on Facebook pages and Twitter pages that are dedicated to 49er fans. Look, I yeah. love the 49ers. There are oh, some really? diehard for <laughs> yeah, but no, but there are some diehard 49er fans. I'm not saying like on those lean years when they were four, two and fourteen with Dennis Erickson in 2004. I I admit I, I was a little embarrassed. I kind of felt. Uh, yeah, I you fall off. Like you fall off a little bit. You, you you don't read as many articles as you would. You know, it happens. It's human nature. Well, you got I moved. I moved to Georgia in 2006. The 49ers weren't televised. They weren't televised oh, until God. until Harbaugh got there. They started getting televised when they made the playoffs. Then I started paying attention. The only time I get to see a 49ers game is when they're playing the Falcons. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that is one of the hard things. I mean. You think about, like, that's one of the great things about technology today is now I can watch all my sports all the time with a push-of-button, button, and I love that. I have, the NFL, I have the NFL red zone. Back then, we just had basic cable, and unless you had NFL Sunday ticket, you could not watch any 49er games because none of them were televised in the early 2010s. Yeah, back when you can't afford that fancy stuff. <laughs> yeah, before the days of smartphones where I couldn't check the score on my phone. Oh, yeah, man. But still love the 49ers. They are a class organization that has a class quarterback. You cannot say enough of what Jimmy Garoppolo has gone through trying to silence the critics. I know he's hurt. I know he makes mistakes. Which quarterback doesn't make interceptions that make you go, what was he thinking? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, I have all the confidence there's a minute left to go, and we need a touchdown, 
I have confidence that Jimmy Garoppolo is going. I mean, to get that look touchdown. at last week's game. Look at well, it wasn't really Jimmy last week, but I mean, in a clutch, the team overall can get it done when they know it has to be done right now. They can do it, and I have faith in that. So, so this game is going to come down to if the 49ers line of scrimmage can control the line of scrimmage for the Rams on both sides because the offensive line is going to have to neutralize Aaron Donald and Von Miller. But that D-line, Matt Stafford has been sacked seven times. Matthew Stafford, in the last two meetings against the 49ers, he has been seen pressure, and he's thrown four interceptions against the 49ers. That That's 49ers a lot of defensive inter- line. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's a lot of interceptions. Well, you remember the first game, the 49ers take the 7 nothing lead, Matt Stafford throws the pick six to Jimmy Ward, and now it's 14 nothing. Okay, well, the 49ers can do whatever they want to do. They could run the football, control the clock, neutralize Aaron Donald, because when you're running to the left side or to the right side, Aaron Donald's not going to be a factor. Yeah, but then, but then, so then look at this. So the last, look at last Saturday's game. They didn't score. So the Niners, they didn't score one touchdown, did they? They had the block punt. That was the, the touchdown, but they did not score no off touchdown, of the touchdown passes, but and two interceptions. So that's the kind of stuff that makes me going into this next game. That's the kind of stuff that makes me a little bit nervous. Is I want him to be, I want him to come out strong, and that's why I say it's going to depend on which Garoppolo we get. And I need, I, we need the, we need Garoppolo and his receivers on their game. Let's keep it an offensive game. Well, we need the good Garoppolo. Because yes. <laughs> I cannot take another game where I'm, like, on pins and needles. Look, I was excited when they beat the Cowboys. First time they beat the Cowboys in Dallas in a playoff game. I actually thought they had no shot against Green Bay, number one seed, Aaron Rodgers. But they did it. They got the job done. I was shocked. Now it's like, okay, you beat the Cowboys and you beat the Packers. It's time to go beat the Rams. They don't have again, much of a fan base. Unless they beat the Rams again. And I know it's a different game from when they played them last and when they played them in the 10th week. And Because all every team evolves. But here's the thing. Keep it in your head that you have beat them twice this season already. So use Come that. Yeah. 17-0 deficit came back on them. Right? 17-0. Yeah, then- That's what I'm saying. Get through that first half. Get through that first half. And then I think your second half is where is where the – the, because we're clutch. We will come in and we'll fix the problem once we see it in the fourth. And, you know, Stafford didn't play a terrible game in that game against uh, the 49ers in Week 18. He had some incredible throws to Cooper Cup. That's oh. what scares me the most is he's going to uh, find Cooper Cup. Dude, that kid, and, okay, and I went down a rabbit hole today with Cooper Cup, and you see some of the stuff he did growing up with his dad. All of that, all of his moves, that is muscle memory. I was watching this feature on him. And his dad, they would do hours and hours and hours of the same drill over and over. When he drags his feet to stay in in the game to get that touchdown, his dad used to take him out in the backyard and practice that using the hose as the line. I mean, that's just crazy to me. So all that's muscle memory for him makes me nervous, but I like him. I like him a lot. I do. I like Cooper Cup. Uh, He's He's the best slot receiver in the NFL right now. He he reminds me of Wes Welker, who's the wide receivers coach for the 49ers. He reminds me of Julian Edelman. But he's like, I mean, more than just the best slot receiver, he's definitely the best wide receiver 
this year. Uh, you got to understand where the Rams are coming from. They traded away all their draft picks in 2022 to get Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Sony Michelle. They have no more draft picks for 2022. And, and I forgot Matt Stafford as well. They are in a win now getting all these superstars. If they don't win the Super Bowl, this is a disappointment. Yeah, because they and put a I lot into it. They put a lot into it. And I don't know if they it. can recover. They're going to get older, and they're not going to be able to build from the draft to get these young players. So they're well, just going to be an old team for years to come, and, and I don't think that's going to get it done in the NFL. Well, when you think about how what your strategy is going into the draft, look what the Niners did. You know, we've got our we got our young up and comer who's coming in after Garoppolo here coming in as Trey our Lance. Year. Yeah, Trey Lance. And that was that was a, a gamble. I mean, how many how many first rounds did they give away two to get two to get first him? round picks? Right. But yeah, but it, it's gonna pay off because right now you have a four. That's what I'm saying. It's all strategic, but 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 it, it's all strategic. But I mean, that's when it, that's when the the backside of the house really has to put their head down and play their game. So but just Jim, like you're with the the Rams, they're not they're not looking forward. They're not looking into the future game. Yeah, but Jenny, here's the name. Here's a list of 49ers that are on rookie contracts: Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, uh, Ambry Thomas. So think about that. Yeah. If Trey Lance is going to be the starter in 2022, and I believe he is, this is an audition for Jimmy Garoppolo to go to another team. I'm, I I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in another team in 2022. Trey Lance oh, okay. will be the starter, but he'll be ready. Oh yeah, we we can go down there that road. Oh if yeah, you want. he's he's frothing at the mouth. I know it, and I think that's great because he's young and he should be hungry. And um, you know, it would have been interesting to see him a little bit more, but I still think Jimmy played his game and he got us to where we're supposed to be. So I like the strategy. I like the strategy moving forward. If Jimmy G goes somewhere else, that's him. I mean, Look, I, I just Jenny. I like I like both of them. Jimmy Garoppolo deserves to be the starter for the 49ers in 2022. But the big question is, can the 49ers afford both of them? Yeah, and you don't want to, you don't want to keep a rookie on the side for too long. You just can't. Yeah, if Trey Lance is ready, then he needs to be the starter. They they invested the future in Trey in Lance. Him. He is the future. Yes. Right. He is the future. But I tell you, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not going to go out without a fight. He is going to audition. He wants to be the starter in 2022, but if the 49ers do move off of him, I wish Jimmy Garoppolo well, and I hope we get a first-round pick. I think that Jimmy G would be great in Denver or in Chicago. I mean, can you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo playing in Chicago? Let's say Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay. If Jimmy Garoppolo I goes doubt to it. Chicago, I, I know they have it. Justin Fields. Hey, we could talk about that the, because the, the, new, the offensive coordinator you, for the Packers. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I was like, I don't yeah. know if he's going to stay because the offensive coordinator is now going where? Denver? The Denver, yeah. He's the new head so, coach at and Denver. And he's going to be the new offensive coordinator, now going to be the new head coach in Denver. You know he's going to want to take Rodgers with him. And Rodgers has been sulking about being out there anyway. So, I, I mean – it's been tumultuous for him. So I would not be surprised to see some movement there. Here's a place that Jimmy Garoppolo could land, the Cleveland Browns. I think that they're done with Baker Mayfield. I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's the guy in Cleveland. 
At one time, the Cleveland Browns wanted to get Jimmy Garoppolo, but Bill Belichick, ah, Bill Belichick, Belichick has a grudge against the Browns and said, no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he will not do anything with the Browns because of uh, the bad blood that he has with that organization. Huh. Interesting. Well, we'll see. I mean, it'll just be interesting, and we can get into all of that later. But, I mean, you see a lot – you see the chessboard, and it's moving. And even as we're, we've got these great games coming up this weekend, I cannot wait. Can't, oh, I'm, I'm excited. Gonna, we're going to get snowed in this weekend, I think. And oh, I, okay. Well, be I, safe out there. I couldn't be happier because I'm like, I've got everything that I need. I'm just going to sit here and watch my football. <laughs> well, well, Jenny, tell me, which Super Bowl matchup – do you want to see the most? Which Super Bowl matchup intrigues you the most? Oh, I always love to see the Chiefs. You know, we've had oh. a lot of players, a lot of players that end up over there. Joe Montana. I don't know. <laughs> that, thank you again. Go back to my OGs. You know, and I always say that's like a nice retirement home for our for our quarterbacks. <laughs> Steve Bono. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's where a lot of our guys go. And so anyway, I like the Chiefs. I think they're uh, they'd be a great um, they'd be a great competition. Um, uh, the so Bengals, you... eh, I mean, I just yeah, I, I I would like to see the Chiefs, Chiefs Niners. I I don't mind any Super Bowl matchup just as long as it's the Forty ers The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs, <laughs> if they make it in, we'll get a rematch of the Super Bowl two years ago. That would be kind of cool. The 49ers can avenge that 23-10 to 10 lead they blew in the Super Bowl. Ooh, that's true. Yeah, that would be great. But if it's the Cincinnati Bengals and 49ers, this will be the third time that these teams would meet in the Super Bowl. Only Pittsburgh and Dallas has met in the Super Bowl three times out of all the teams in the NFL. And it would take me back to my childhood days when the first Super Bowl that I remember watching when I was a kid was that Cincinnati Bengal 49ers Super Bowl in Miami when Joe Montana told his offensive lineman, Harris Barton, hey, look, there's John Candy in the stands. And then he threw a touchdown pass to John Taylor to win the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you have the memory of an elephant. That's hilarious. Yeah, John Candy I watch a lot of stand. ESPN 30 for 30s. <laughs> plug, shameless plug. <laughs> you know, the 49ers just – they were great in the 80s. They were still great in the 90s. They won the one Super Bowl in 2000, uh, in uh, 1994. Uh, but just the Rams and 49ers rivalry and I think could have been bigger. This, I think this, that's what this matchup is all about. It brings well, the nostalgia back. This brings if the nostalgia I, back. And exactly, I think that but, that's what's going to make it so exciting. If, Jenny, if I were to tell you who is the biggest 49ers rival right now, would you say Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks, or Rams? Seahawks. Absolutely. Seahawks in the last 10 years, especially what Pete Carroll and Jim Harbaugh went through in yeah. those uh, three years. Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, Russell Wilson was the bane of my existence. Now, those other teams that you mentioned, including the Rams and the Cowboys, that's uh, purely – smack talking and that's you know rivalry because it's what it's the rivalries we grew up with but when you talk about playing rivalries Seahawks definitely when you're talking about game for game it's definitely the Seahawks absolutely and 
On tomorrow's show, I will have Gabe Reynolds on the podcast, and he is a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. We oh, had a God podcast together. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we had a podcast where we previewed the 49ers-Cowboys game. He hasn't been on yet, so I'm kind of curious to see what direction he goes. And, you know, I, I'm going to be humble. I'm going to talk about the Dak Prescott quarterback draw with 13 seconds. And I'm I'm gonna try to be humble, but it's it's gonna be fun. I cannot wait well, to have that's him on good the that podcast. You always have, it's nice that you have guests that you can you know spread the love a little bit. It's not oh, yeah. always gonna... all Niners all the time because I know I could do that all day. But no, you have a great show. I love it. Yeah, we 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 try to get guests on. Uh, I have I have professional soccer players. I have play by play announcers from a college team. So, you know, I, I try to spread the love, but, uh, Jenny, your mind is just amazing. I know that you could have done this professionally, but I know you chose the route to go military broadcasting, and I really thank you for your service, and you serve this country well, and you deployed to Afghanistan, and you just are just a near and dear colleague of mine that we just share this common bond that we both Went to the I think we're going to be school. brother and sister for life, man. And especially with when we share the 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 California sports love, man. I and you know what? I hope we see that sea of red at SoFi Stadium. And I would actually put money on it. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I think it brings all the nostalgia back of us when we were growing growing up as kids, being downrange and watching football at two in the morning, three in the morning. Like this is why we love the sport. And when it comes to the Niners and we comes to these kind of rivalries, this is what makes it so fun. It's the and sport. I, I just, absolutely. I just want to say, because you and I are military broadcasters, we went to Denfo's at Fort Meade, Maryland. A big shout-out to Rex Castillo, who is the big sports anchor at WBRL here in Columbus, Georgia, who is also a Denfo's graduate, a 46 Romeo, who is a member of the Texas Army National Guard. So just a big shout-out to He's doing great things in Columbus. He is just all over the place as far as anchoring sports in Columbus, Georgia. So I just wanted to give him some love as well. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, you see these kids come out of the Defense Information School. That's Jim Foes. You see them come out of there, and people have done great things, and they're going all over the place. So, hey, Andy Rooney, he was AFN. <laughs> yep, we definitely have a very good circle of uh, networking when it comes to broadcasting and I'm, I'm very blessed. I'm able to get back into broadcasting after being away for 20 years. Well, you're passionate about it. And so I think that's great. I mean, this is definitely your uh, cup of tea. Uh, no pun intended on Cooper cup. Uh, but uh, yeah, oh. I, I mean, it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. I look forward to it. I love this rivalry. I'm glad that um, I think we're going to last weekend was probably one of the best weekends in football in a very, very long time. Every oh, game was games exciting. Were exciting. Every game was exciting. And that's like, that's when you want to have the kids all sitting there watching the TV because that's how you make more fans. Those games is how you make more football fans. All right. So before we close this show, we, we got to give a big shout out to Ben Roethlisberger. He announced his retirement today. Yeah. Do you have any favorite memories of Big Ben? You know what? So I, I was kind of going down the rabbit hole a little bit. And I was I remember when he was drafted and he just looked like a little kid to me. And so 
I just couldn't. I was so amazed that he has been around for 18 seasons with the Steelers and he gave the most heartfelt thank you love letter to the game of football, his family and the Steelers. And I just I mean, this is this guy is nothing but grace. He's he's going to make it into the he's a Hall of Famer. Definitely. But I mean, this is. This is a real leader, and, and Roethlisberger is a great gift to the game. So sad to see him go. Awesome to be able to watch him for the last 18 seasons, and best of luck in his next chapter. Absolutely. All right. Okay, Jenny, you're a San Francisco Giants fan. Okay. How do you that feel about correct. Barry Bonds not getting into the Hall of Fame? Well, I uh, never really liked his attitude. He's great at what he does, but – uh, there are team sports and there are individual sports. And if you think you are the God's gift and the end-all, be-all, sorry if that comes up sassy, but I've always had a problem with his attitude. Uh, I think you're going to be much better when you play as a team. Um, and I, I, I mean, he broke some records, but again. Uh, On my birthday. I, yeah, I mean, and I was at that game with my dad. Um, August 7th, 2007, he broke Hank Aaron's record against the Washington Nationals on my birthday. So, yes, I get it. Uh, technically, if you want to look at numbers, and you're much more of a number guy, I'm much more yeah, of a kind heart, of feature, color kind of gal. Um, for me, I just, I'm like, well, if you have a, a poor attitude, people aren't going to like you, and you need to be likable. You know? So, mm, I don't really have a lot of sympathy. What do you think? Well, he's uh, in year 10 of eligibility. If he ever does get into the Hall of Fame, it's going to be voted in by the Veterans Committee and not the baseball writers. Here's the thing. The steroids era happened. Okay, it happened. Get over it. We, we don't know. Alex Rodriguez took steroids, but he has over 700 home runs. He only got 35% of the vote. Oh, my. But the, the thing is, you could probably find more people that did not, less people that did not than you would that did. Like, I mean, remember Daryl Stra- – I mean, like, even before that, Daryl Strawberry, all of those – Daryl Strawberry, he, he he actually promotes my podcast. You hear him in the intro. Oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it happened. It happened. There are more people that did it than didn't do it. So that's, that is what it is. But, anyway, you were saying, I digress. And, of course, we only had one person that got voted in, Big Poppy, David Ortiz. He really was an all-around nice guy. He, Again, likable. Likable. I mean, that's why he's in the hall. He, he only got 77% of the votes, but he, he has over 500 home runs. He was clutch in the postseason. He led the Boston Red Sox to three World Series titles. I mean, of course, Big Poppy is going to get into the Hall of Fame. He's probably the greatest Red Sox ever. But, see, I think when it comes to the Hall of Fame, you have to be the whole package. You can't just be all or nothing. It's the Hall of Fame. We want to keep you on pedestals. We want you. We want to look up to you, not at you. Ty Cobb once stabbed a guy, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Allegedly. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> hey, what about Shoeless Joe Jackson? He, he actually batted 300 in the World Series, the, the 19, 1918 Black Sox scandal. I mean, and he's not in the Hall. Pete Rose. Oh God, yes. Pete Rose. He That's bet another on baseball, one. but as a manager, he bet on baseball as a manager. I know that it was that is terrible. Bad, 
it was bad, but the all-time hits leader is not in the Hall of Fame. And, of course, I'm playing devil's advocate on this. I mean, I, no, I, and I know actually, that... I think you make a good point. Here's the thing. Where's the consistency then? Now that you bring this up, I'm rethinking it because – Gaylord Perry cons- used to used to doctor the balls when he was pitching. That's what I'm saying. So now that, now that there are – like, we're not all good or all bad as human beings, right? But I, I, I don't know. I mean, now that you bring all this up, I'm kind of rethinking it. So I'll have to come back to that now. I'm going to have to go do a little research and come back and – See if I changed my mind at all. Hey, Jenny, I, I want to say I really appreciate you being a guest on this podcast. I hope you I hope you can come back. Uh, let, let's not wait a year and a half to get you back on the podcast, because I think if the 49ers make it to the Super Bowl, I definitely want to have you back before the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. Definitely. I would love it. It's always an honor. It's always fun to chat with you. I love a fellow Niner fan, fellow fellow California fan. Um, and, yeah, it's always great to be here. And I, I really, I was going back and listening to our first podcast we ever did. It was a little rough because I was doing a podcast for what, two weeks. And now I've been doing this podcast for two years. I've had over 300 episodes. In fact, this is episode 301. So Sweet. I really appreciate you being a guest on this podcast and we're just so going to cool. continue, continue going strong. I've had a total of 12 guests. I'm hoping to get more guests on, and I always want to bring back the fan favorites. I mean, you clearly are talented at what you do, and I appreciate your insight. And definitely, you're more than welcome to come back on this podcast anytime. Hey, I appreciate it. And those of you out there that are being asked or you get an email from my buddy Rich, dude, he is so fun. He's so smart. A little intimidating because he's got all that in his brain. But I tell you what, it's always a good, it always makes you think and it always keeps you on your toes and you leave loving your sport. That's what I got to say. Thank you so much, Jenny. That was Jenny Fisher on the podcast. Thank you everybody for listening to my podcast and don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. And don't forget tomorrow I'm going to have Gabe Reynolds on the show. That should be fun. A diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. Hmm. I wonder how that show's going to go. All right. So everybody have a great night and I will talk to you later. Bye, everybody. Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdred. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdred. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.